This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 67. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, then I'd like to apologize for my absence over the last few weeks. Christine and I have been in Australia to catch up with friends and family, and while I had plans to record and publish new episodes on the road, life kind of got in the way. When we got back, we moved into an apartment near downtown Toronto, which is much closer to Christine's work and will save her at least two hours commuting each day in brutal traffic. But the move and apartment setup took me another week. Fortunately, I've got a black belt in IKEA furniture assembly, so we're nearly there. We're not selling our little chalet in the snow. It's very popular on Airbnb, but that's another story. Today, the thermometer is just below freezing and snow is on the way, but I'm confident the buzz of the shops, bars and restaurants in our local community will make it all worthwhile. If you're on my VIP list, I recently sent you an email asking you to share your pain points. So far, there have been more than 100 responses, but many relate to similar issues. So I'm going to bundle those up, consult some expert help and get back to you on a forthcoming episode very soon. So look out for that. Okay, let's get into my interview for this session. When you speak with so many top agents, you make observations and you see patterns. One thing I notice is that the best agents know their numbers very, very well. This is my second interview with Mark Lands, and I have to admit, it's fun to watch a young and dynamic agent build his business by making sure he has the best possible tools and business systems set up and working to win him extra results. Mark's agency has continued to grow since our last interview, and in this episode, he explains why he believes his results continue to improve. As Mark builds his team, his brand and market share, he gets into the specifics of the daily actions that win him new business. Something of a systems junkie, Mark and his team work their software hard and are always looking for ways to tweak their formula and make sure they have a solid pipeline of potential sellers, 1687 to be exact. And at the risk of giving away his secret sauce, Mark shares the key components of his unique selling proposition. So here's your chance to borrow some very cool and proven ideas from one of South Australia's rising stars. They say that success leaves clues, and I think you'll find plenty in this interview with Mark. Okay, let's do it. Well, Mark Lands, welcome back to the Top Agents Playbook podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm well, thanks. How are you, Ray? I'm very well. And uh, how was your trip to New York City? You guys just went to New York, you and your wife? It was good. Yeah, it was good. A couple of weeks out of the business and uh, we also left the, the, the kids with the grandparents. So, yeah, a good couple of weeks away and, yeah, and we, just, we just took it easy, which was really nice. What was the uh, What was the highlight? Oh, I've had this question a bit and I don't know. I think there was a lot of highlights. Uh, we went to the US Open Tennis, which was great. Uh, just being part of that city, Um yeah, it's it's a relentless place doing renovations on buildings at two in the morning and um, 
yeah, there's a there's a lot less OHS going on over there than there yeah. is in Australia. That's for sure. Well, in New York City, somebody was telling me the infrastructure is that old. Um, things are falling apart, like the sewage system is going, the hydro or the power system underground's going, and they can't shut the city down. So they've just got to get in and do it. I guess so. Uh, it, it, seriously, it's just. It's just happening all the time. There was <clears throat> this guy was cutting a hole on the road and he would just walk out in front of, as the lights went red and the cars stopped, he'd just walk out in front with this huge quick cut and just cut a cut lines in the road in front of the cars. Then when it went green, he'd just walk off and I'd drive over it. Crazy. So, yeah, just nuts. But it was good. It was, yeah, a good experience. How did the business go while you were on vacation? It went well. Yeah, good. it went well. So the guys here got a couple of deals together, which was good. Nice. And uh, so it's always nice to go away and, and have some transactions still still happening. Excellent. And uh, they got some some uh, good leads came in as well for new business. So it was, yeah, that was – so we were away for probably the first 10 days of September. So, um my tasks throughout September were fairly condensed, but uh, no, nah, it was good. It, it was a nice break and um, probably the first time I've been able to go away for that period of time and still have the kind of beast rolling along here as it did. So that was that was good. Well, it's always difficult with a young family, but um, you obviously set it up well that, uh, that you could get away. So that's awesome. Um, we had uh, our first chat. Uh, you were episode eight on this podcast back in April 2015. Uh, so um, that was uh, that was interesting. Um, and I think I'm just looking at the figures. Uh, last 12 months, you'd done 650, um, up from 350 the year before. You'd done 78 sales. Uh, anyway, just looking at the numbers here, give me a little bit of an update as to what's what's going on, maybe calendar year to date. Yeah, so I haven't looked exact calendar year, but I haven't, haven't factored this month in, but we're, we're probably up just under 90 transactions for the last 12 months, nice. uh, which is which is a good amount, yep. um, close to 800 fee-wise, and uh, yep, our listing to sale is still strong, which is something we focus on, so that's around 92%. Yep. Um, days on market still sitting around 26. So all our figures are good. There's been some growth. It's been a little bit more sustained or measured since probably the section of time prior to our last chat. Okay. Um, and part of that has also been just that, like the scale of my business has increased. So putting a lot of still still doing the deals, but putting things in place to allow it to kind of hopefully go. Go one step up again from here. Yeah, nice. Okay, let's let's get into that a little bit. To what do you attribute uh, the growth? Um, look, it, it's. I had a chat with James, uh, one of my PAs, this morning, and I think it's. You know, I'm a firm believer that my business is at a position it's at just because you get a little bit better every day. There's no one single thing that that's that, that's done it. Right. So, uh, the attitude that we have around what we do, the understanding of what we do, so not necessarily just doing things or saying things, um, but, but having the team actually understand the reasons why we do and say things or send certain things out. So I would say it's just it's further honing of of our skill set and you know the tools that are out there for us to use. So I know that's probably a little bit of a um, I don't know if it's a vague answer, but it's you know I think it's just a general improvement in what we're doing and speaking to more people. Um, okay. Well, uh, what about specific prospecting? What are you guys doing for that? So, uh, 
one of the focuses that we've brought in over the last year, and in particular this has been important with the growth of my team, is trying to uh, automate as much of the whole process, whether that's the prospecting process or managing the sale or under contract to settlement, um, but, but automating as much of that as we can so the kind of suite of emails that we have going out, the timing of those emails to trace buyers as well as potential sellers and understanding the room for the personal contact and then the room for the kind of automated or robot content content that we send out. So that's something that I'm focusing on and it's a bit of a learning curve going through that as well. So you're talking about the automation side of it? Yeah, yes. Um, look, we still hit send on a vast majority of the emails that go out, so that they'll still be looked at, but there is specific, specific plans that we have. So pretty much any person that we meet, uh, and this is obviously nothing new, but any person that we meet falls within a certain category, right. uh, and that category, they may have a home to sell or they may not. Yep. So whether that person's a buyer or whatever they are, uh, there's a set of circumstances around that person. So we've planned out a series of, of, of trails, DNA plans, which yep. say, okay, well, if that person has this set of circumstances, this is the trail that's assigned. And then at the completion of that trail, there's, the outcome is either going to be A or B. And okay. so if it's A, they go on to this one. If it's B, they go on to that one. Okay. So there's a, there's a manual, there's a document that clearly explains the whole life cycle. So there's not one set of – well, there would be, but by and large – probably 90% of the circumstances around anyone we meet, there's a predetermined probably five to 10 years worth of contact with that person. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of history and a lot a lot of this you've set up, and I know we talked about this last time, but a lot of it you've set up in uh, uh, Locked On, your CRM. Yeah, correct. Yep. So everything's driven through that. So, um, you know, that's, that's where our heads are. You know, if we've, well, even when we're on the phone, that's where my head is. So really the only time we're not in that space with that screen in front of us working from it, putting notes into it, is when we're out on site. And the part of that automation or part of that is is trying to communicate, obviously, over time, but but consistently and understanding how much volume of, of communication do we put into those trails right. um, in turn with how much can we manage because – it's all well and good to have an email that goes out to a buyer six weeks after you've met them that says, are you still looking? That's great. But what do you then do when they reply? Yep. So you're not in your office to make a note of that reply. How does that fit into your day? Do you leave it in your email inbox until you get back? What do you reply to them with? Um, you've then got to note what that reply is. So it's, it's, it's probably been a big learning curve that understanding that you, you've got to combine both of that scheduled contact with them, but with also then that interaction. Now, if someone doesn't reply, great, that's fine. If they do, it's even better. But you've got to it's, – it was probably a learning curve understanding the workload that's associated with that response. Okay. Have you proactively focused or concentrated on growing your database in the last 18 months since we talked? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, to be honest, the growth of my database is just – it, that is a relentless thing, and it has been for some time. Okay. So, how many contacts um, would you have now? Do you think? Um, well, I have. I'll tell you. I'll just click on it right now. Just let it load. Um, so we've got. Sorry, internet's a little bit slow. I think there's three thousand. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, I've got three uh, still clicking up. No, sorry. We've got 6,396. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And on of, of that of that total, how many would be potential sellers? Uh, potential sellers, I'm sitting at about uh, 1,687. Nice. Okay. Nice. You just don't want them all to sorry. list at once. It'll get very busy. Yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> yeah, quality of service might drop off a little bit, but um, yeah. You'll so, be outsourcing so, everything to uh, to New Delhi, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, so there's there's a lot of content, and we have a lot of buyers out. My marketplace is a first time buyer market, so um, probably one of the vulnerabilities or one of the difficult aspects is the people that we are meeting on site don't always have stock to sell. So a lot of and so a lot of the people that are not potential sellers in that pool of data at the moment will become potential sellers and will become long-term potential sellers. Okay. So okay. we follow them to the point when they purchase and even not with us. And to give you an idea, so as soon as we send out this buyer email that says, had you purchased, are you still looking, uh, which was one of the emails that came through the Damon Parker pack that we started using, you would get responses to say, look, I mean, I received one last night that said, look, thanks for following up. We have purchased, you know, we're settling next week. That person will then get a call from us and the call will just say to them, look, that's great. I'll take you off. Where did you guys buy? And they'll tend to tell us the suburb. Right. And we'll just follow up with, oh, what street was that? And when they tell us the street, RP data's in, uh, sorry, real estate or domains open in front of us and we'll put it in. And as we're talking to them, we say, oh, yeah, that was number 20, wasn't it? And I say, yeah, I say, look, that's a great home. They then have a potential property listed to them, that street address, and then they get an anniversary trail that's assigned, that's designed, not that we've sold it to them, but someone else has, and that then runs. So, you know, that person might not sell for seven years, but, you know, you've you've got the data at that point in time. So if you can facilitate that through your system, that's going to fill our pipeline up in – five or ten years' time. Okay, okay. So for those that don't know, you're in Paraka, which is a suburb of Adelaide. You're probably 10 or 11 k's uh, due north of the city. Um, Correct. You are in a very competitive neighbourhood. I, I was having a look on uh, realestate.com before and you've got some household names, uh, uh, brands that you're going up against and you're forging ahead against these guys, which is pretty impressive. Um what kind of marketing are you doing to boost awareness and or is it are you just getting more signs on fences and and just uh, getting more listings and it's that kind of momentum momentum is a big part of it um but that said uh whenever i've become complacent with our outbound um look you know we still get stuff in people's letter boxes that just sold just listed we had a meeting about that yesterday morning with a guy saying look that's an area where we've been dropping the ball and in inverted commas being too busy uh, and things you know missing opportunities to get our brand in front of people so uh like just listing so we list a property there's 200 just listed uh, invitation sent to the owners, door knock the street and telemarket 50 people around that property. Right. So um, this exact same campaign for just sold. So for us, it's um, momentum has played a big part and the phone does ring. But when we get complacent with what we're doing and we stop getting our brand out in front of people, 
you see signs pop up. And probably the most disappointing thing or, or what frustrates me more than anything is, look, if we've appraised a property, if we've, we've done everything within our power, we've followed our pre-list process, we've followed them up and we haven't listed it, it's annoying, but it happens. Sure. But when property, when property goes to market and you've not had a call in, and that person wasn't on your database because you hadn't chased that data or located it, that's probably what upsets me more than anything because yeah. you think, well, we didn't do everything we could have. And, you know, uh, what could have we done? Like, you know, uh, we had one a little while ago that it wasn't in our core area, but it was just the next suburb over. We sold it. We got a fantastic result. We had a meeting. We said, okay, we've got to do our just sold on that. We didn't do it. Uh, and so we talked about it the next week and said we need to do it. We didn't do it. And then the next week a property was listed in that in like the adjacent street. So we may not have got that, but I'm sure if, you know, our content had hit their letterbox, they had received a phone call to tell them what had happened, our chance of at least getting in the door of that property would have been vastly increased. Yep. So, you know, I, I, you just can't substitute or there's no substitute for doing what you know works, and those simple things and just, you know, cut and paste it, repeat, 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 day in, day out. Yep, a, uh, an $8,000 mistake. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly right. Um, what's your unique selling proposition, Mark? What would you say sets you apart? If you're sitting in the living room and, and a seller says, why would I go with uh, with Mark Lands rather than, you know, one of the other agents, what, what do you think sets you apart? I don't know if I should tell you that, Ray. I mean, I don't know who's going to listen to this space. So. <laughs> no, I'm no, kidding. Uh, look, I think from, from – <laughs> From you can't tell we're competitive, can you? No. Um, look, from where we sit, I, I genuinely believe you've got to relate to people. So I think first and foremost, you have to click with someone. So if you're able to sit down and build a rapport and make someone feel comfortable, that's the first part of it. Yeah. But probably the two key aspects that I would talk about with my clients more than anything else is how we handle the negotiation process right? and how we combine the person ability that we bring to the table with our focus on data and systemization. I don't believe OCD data specific uh, behavior tends to align with a salesperson set of behaviors. So um, that's a general comment, but, you know, generally people in the sales space that are good sitting down talking to people that have that enthusiasm potentially can tend to be reactive, um, can tend to, oh, what's the latest, you know, oh, this has come in, this low hanging, let's focus on that. Um, We try to show our clients, yeah, look, we bring that to the table, our focus is make the buyers feel relaxed. Yeah. the combination of that is I will show them okay, how do we use data over time with these buyers that we're meeting in their area, how do we follow them, how do we understand where they're at, and that's what gives them the buy into the actual systemization behind what we do. Right. And um, so so I guess the, the, the proposition for them or, or what tries to set us apart is, and, you know, for, as an example, our pre-list process, the content they get before we see them, um, we'll tie that back in and, uh, you know, I'll make them think, okay, so how have you felt about how we've handled the process from when you called us to now? And, you know, they might say, well, look, you're the only one that sent us some content before you came out or you're the only one that's actually explained what you do as opposed to just talking about realestate.com.au and domain. Yep. Um, you know, we, a lot of our people we go up against will sit in there and take 
domain and real estate brochures and talk about the online campaign. Right. And there's not a point of difference. Everyone puts your property on there. So why on earth would you talk to an owner about that when you can talk to them about something that you do that no one else does? Yep. So yep. Okay. It's, it's setting yourself apart through that process. And I think it's, you know, um, making them understand what it is specifically that we do and the, the set of actions and, you know, I don't think too many of the people that, well, a vast majority of the people don't present in that fashion. Tell me about your team. Um, how, how are you planning to grow it? So at the moment, I've got both Rocco and James in my direct team. Um, Suzanne, my mum, is still part of it. She's more admin based. But so Rocco and James both act as kind of PAs and buyer managers running a lot of the administrative side of the business, but also buyer appointments and 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 mid, like midweek after our buyer appointments, so I'm more uh, appraisal focused. Right. So they are both get, will be at a point where once all of our outstanding tasks and everything are up to date, they will be importing a pool of core like of um, ownership data from a core area into their databases. Okay. So that'll be cold data, and but it will be. It'll be names and numbers and as much information as we we can get. And then alongside of working in my team, they will start marketing themselves with me alongside them into those core areas and start generating business for our EBU, for our team. And there will then be some milestones as to the volume of business that they create over a given period of time that will give them the right or opportunity to then go out and transact on their own. Okay. So so they'll have all of the exactly what I do in my area, they'll be doing in their area. They'll be accessing the leads and people from our open, my open inspections and given every opportunity to start winning business in their own right, but also leveraging off of the volume that my team does. So the idea is both of those guys will be selling on their own in 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, I don't know, whatever whatever that time frame is. And we'll just feed people back through that system, uh, you know, into the business. So th- they've got fairly clear paths that, that, that suit their own set of circumstances. Right. And, you know, there's room to adapt in those. But, but yeah, just – you know, what it comes down to and what I, I firmly believe as a salesperson and any salesperson in any office I think is the same. You are you are your own business and how you do things, the people that work with you have to buy into that and you have to make – you don't want them thinking about what they need to do. Even me, I don't want to think about what I'm doing in a day. I just want to do it. Okay. So okay. But you've creating, got to set these guys up, though. They've, you've, they've, I guess you're training them, mentoring them, coaching them. Do you have uh, regular stand-ups, regular meetings? Um, are James and Rocco prospecting on the phone each day? They are, yeah. So yep. we do have uh, – we meet every morning. Um, well, we're, all three of us are in the office together three days a week right? and like with different days off and different bits and pieces. So those three days a week that we're all here together, we have our meetings first thing. So we, we, we get in it or they get in at 8 o'clock. I'm probably here from about 7.30. And um, so we'll sit down from 8 to 8.30, sometimes 8 to 9 and just have a chat. It was just, it's just James and I in here today. So we had a discussion this morning about his career progression and where he's at as well as what we're doing for the day. So – They've got, excuse me, KPIs for number of calls and connects. 
We've got a KPI for the number of outstanding tasks that need to be completed. So we've got tasks in our in our list which are well, I, I do, they don't now, but I do, but they've got to get through a certain amount of my outstanding tasks per day. Right. And once we're on top of those, that will then that then gives them permission to pull in this new data for their core areas. So um, it's yeah, it's there's a, the idea is that there's a clear plan there that we are all working towards, um, and you know, and I guess I'm the one that's working on that plan or refining it or changing content or updating things as they're needed. Um, but by and large, we just want to what works. Let's establish what works, understand why it works, and and keep doing it. Okay. Okay, I want to move towards uh, winding up. I know you're a, you're a busy guy, so I'm going to let you go. Just a couple of final questions before we do. Um, move, um, the your listing and pre-listing process. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Mark? Yeah, certainly. So the uh, obviously the pre-list, like a pre-list kit or a pre- pre-list process, is is I think relatively common thing to do. Yep. Um, I don't I don't think that. The content of it is there's a silver bullet with what content you you provide people. Right. What I tend to make my clients aware of is like I want to sit down at, at the appraisal and I don't really want, I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to talk about what we've done and what we've achieved. I want to talk about what these we need to do for these vendors. And so the pre-list and what I'll say to them is, look, this this just gives you a professional introduction to who we are, what we've achieved, and who's part of the team. So when I come and see you, we can just sit down and have a chat about you guys. So that's the focus of of my pre-list kit in inverted commas. Right. Obviously, them getting it getting it quickly, but it just just gives them an overview about us and what we've achieved. Um, it it, like testimonials that links them to rate my agent. It, it gives them a whole bunch of content and vast majority, and we that's hand delivered, vast majority of the time, I would say now probably 90% of the time it gets read, it gets looked at. Nice. Um, I'll ask questions about it to uncover whether they did or didn't look at it. Um, some people don't get to it. That's fine. Um, the whole thing that we do when we talk to them on the phone, um, even the phone call to book their appraisal, we try to make that call about where they're going and what they're doing. Um, we'll ask questions about the property and the appointment, but like so have you guys purchased, like, you know, where he's at with it. Yep. So yep. instead of their phone call just being about how much do you want for your house and we'll come and see you, it's more what are you looking at, where are you at? So that phone conversation hopefully is different than it is with everyone else. Okay. Um, okay. The the efficiency around the pre-list and then yeah and then the appraisal it's as I said it's making everything everything in that appraisal and that listing presentation is about the client. Okay. So I'll t- I might tell them what we do. I might tell them that we've sold more homes in this area than anyone else, or I might I might tell them those things which I'm telling them something about us. But the reason why that's important for you is because we're working with more buyers than anyone else. Like every person that's looking to buy or a vast majority of the people that are looking to buy in your area right at the moment, I would have met. And no one else has the market share that we have. So no one else is meeting as many people as we are. So that's why it's important. It's not important that we know the area and it's not that. It's the relationships that we have with the people looking to buy. And those people will associate Every home that we list in this area sells within 25 days, sells, this is the stats on 
where they sell within the price range that they go to market at. Okay. So when someone sees stock that comes to market with us and they get the follow-up with us that they don't get with anyone else and they expect the result that they've seen in the past because they've missed out on other homes, they're going to align that with your property and expect that, well, this is going to happen again with this property, so I need to be decisive about it. So you're kind of telling them what we do well, but we're making it, why is that about them? What's your success rate at, at a listing, Prez? Um, I did the sums on this not that long ago. Um, so in the last 12 months, our listing to sale ratio of uh, – so overall, we were at 54%. Okay. Um, but of the properties that actually went to market, because you – you go and pitch to properties that don't actually go to market. Of course. So in the last 12 months of what we appraised of the properties that went to market, uh, we were 84%. That's pretty strong. Yeah, so that's pretty strong. That's one of our. That's one of our. I believe one of our strengths. I think one of our weaknesses is we need to create more opportunities. Okay. So, um, so oh, I can see, and that's that. That you know. Being that regimentation with prospecting, it's you know getting your just list and just solds out. You know, there's there's I can see there's room in our business to create a lot more opportunity. Yeah. And I know if we create that opportunity, um, we're going to convert a lot of it. So um, we had and this this week's been good. We've started to turn it up. We so we appraised appraised four yesterday. We have three today and three tomorrow. And uh, so if you know. The four from yesterday, I think two of them will come up. Um, today, obviously, we'll see what happens. But so I think creating more opportunity and generally the conversion uh, is 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 quite reasonable. You spoke about you you spoke about rate my agent before. I think I heard you say are you are you being um, are you being called in because of that as yet? Is that starting to take some effect? Um, uh, it's funny. I so I did a, a listing presentation on Saturday and. An agent, uh, and we are obviously we asked, how did you come across across us? It wasn't in our core area; it was like two suburbs over. And the owner had received a letterbox drop from an agent in that area that said, "I've got ratings on rate my agent, you know, check it out, so to speak." And they went on there, and they found you. They ended up calling <laughs> us in because of it. So, so I think um, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Uh, we're currently with the second, got the second most reviews in the, in South Australia. Right. Um, so we're sitting at number two. Um, obviously, not every agent's on there at this point in time, but um, I think we've got about sixty uh, testimonials from the last twelve months on okay. there. Okay. Okay. Um, I probably find that I'm using it more to like when I talk to people, say, "Look, just go and have a look at this. Here's a link. Check this out." Yep. You know, if you if there's a home, you know, you can tie that into the property when it was sold. You can see I'm not just pulling out the best testimonials from the last 15 years. Um, if you want any of their numbers, let me know and I'll get you the owner's phone number. Well, it's so, like a, it's like a trip advisor for for real estate agents. I I think um, it's great, and it's an independent view, and you know, it's probably an idea whose time has come. Like it or not, it's here. Uh, we're not we we can't fight it. So I'm dubious about. Buyer testimonials. Yeah. Um, I think there's space for them, but yeah, I don't know. Like, so we don't request any buyer testimonials at this point. Um, we just do vendor testimonials. I think there's space for buyer video testimonials um, because you have more control over uh, or an understanding over the message you want to get across. But, yep. you know, um, 
when you see a buyer, I saw a, a buyer testimonial video which uh, the buyer talked about, um, I think it was Damon Parker as well, and the buyer talked about, you know, whether it was a loaded question, but did the agent influence your buying decision? And the buyer's like, yeah, they did because of their follow-up and so forth. Putting that in front of an owner, a potential seller, is like powerful. That's yep. really good. Yeah, I like it. Putting in front of putting in front of them a paragraph that says, "Oh, we had a really good buying experience." Um, you know, I think that's different. Mm. Um, you don't know how it's going to be interpreted, you know, I guess. You don't. Yeah, you just don't. And yeah. or the buyer says, "Oh, the house wasn't cleaned when it settled," or oh, I don't know, whatever. So yeah, we use it for vendor testimonials only, and I yeah. think it's really good for that. Yeah. Okay, my final question that I uh, have been asking everybody, uh, all all of my guests of late, um, somebody comes to you, they're struggling, they're not doing great, um, they might be new, they might be might be experienced and just in a in a bit of a rut. What advice would you give somebody? Somebody said to you, Mark, you know, you're you're kicking goals. Um, what what should I be doing to uh, to boost my results? You should work. A core area. You have to, I believe, you have to build your business off of a thousand or fifteen hundred homes, and a specific you need geographic to, area. Yep. Yeah. Business will flow on anywhere from that, but because so you, you then just need to go and get that ownership data from wherever you can get it from, pay for it, council, whatever it is. And some people don't recommend importing that data into your software because it's cold and it can change the dynamic. But And then you just say, well, look, there's 1,500 homes in this area um, uh, my, and they're all cold. My goal is within 12 months to create, to make 50% of them warm. Okay. So to make someone warm, you've spoken to them three times and they're on an ongoing communication plan. Okay. So that's your criteria for being warm is they've had three points of like three conversations in 12 months and they're on an ongoing communication plan. And then you need to work out, okay, to make, so that's 750 uh, warm contacts and to make 750 warm contacts over the course of a year, how many working days are there in a year? There's, I don't even know how many is, there's 320 or whatever it is. Okay, so that sounds like a pretty relaxed year to me, but let's call it 260. <laughs> I think that's um, that, that's Mondays to Fridays, not counting weekends. Yeah, okay, fair call. So let's say it's 260. Yeah, we'll get my calculator out. Um, so you need to be making three warm contacts a day to get to the end of the 12 months and have created 750 warm contacts. Okay. So to create three warm contacts a day, what do you need to do? What's your conversion rate on cold calls to connects? It's probably 20%. Um, so let's call, we need to be calling, say, 15 people approximately a day to talk to three of them and start to build a relationship with those three people. So you build your calls and your connects off of the goal to create those warm contacts uh, and then assume then you step into your second year and if you go into your second year, this is simplistic, but you go into your second year with 750 warm contacts, yeah. you could assume if the stats support it in your area, 7% of those people will uh, transact. Um, so, you know, that's potential 52 sales out of those 750 warm contacts. You would like to assume that maybe you get in the door to 
50 or 60% of those. Maybe you list 50 or 60% of those. So work the numbers back, just understand it, and then and how you communicate, how you create it. People make them warm. Like I said, it's door knocking, sort of box shops, it's calling them, it's, it's the plan that you build around it. So give yourself tangibles. Um, targets to targets to, to achieve. So that's what my guys are working with. Okay. Um, you might be able to do that in South Australia. You might be able to get access to uh, people's names, addresses, and, and phone numbers. Um, you wouldn't get all 1,500, though, would you? No, you don't. So we can get their names and postal addresses. Okay. Um, uh, you've got to go and manually retrieve it through council. There has been some legislation change which has made that harder, okay. but there has been scope to do that. I um, guess my question we, was if you couldn't get the phone number, then it becomes a, a door-knocking yeah, exercise. It does, yeah. So yeah, okay. we, we we got those details. We went to white pages. We got, for the area that I'm going into, we probably got 60%, I think it was, of phone numbers. Yeah. We then washed that against a do-not-call register and that dropped off probably – that got dropped us back to about thirty five percent of phone numbers for that area. Right, right. So okay. we don't don't have them all. So that's when you then yeah you're out you're door knocking, um, and you're just getting in front of them, putting your face there, um, not asking for anything. Look, just in the street, something that's sold down the you know down the road it might not be our stock, but just tell them about it. Um, something that's you know gone to market. Here's, a, here's an area report. So, you know, nothing complicated, nothing new, but just just being there and just doing it. you got to hustle. People will remember you. Yeah, you just, it's all it is. Yep. You just scrap every yep. day. Yep. Um, it'll stick. There'll be a point that person will think about selling. They've seen your face. They've yeah. seen your brand consistently enough. More, at least one in two of them is going to call you. Yeah, yeah. So is that what you did in Paraka? Pretty much. Yep. I, like I did it. I, I didn't do it with the tenacity that I would now. I'd you know, started young and kind of just buggered about for a bit. And Not as confident when you're younger. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. So door knocking wasn't a part of what I did. If it was, I would have been up to speed like so much quicker. Yeah. Um, cold calls, you know, a lot of that I was a lot more confronted with. But when you peel it back to like, I can't remember who, who it was that said it, but like a prospecting session, um, series of calls that you make, know what success is yeah. going into that. So success isn't getting an appraisal out of it, or maybe it is for you, I don't know, whatever, but success in it is just building a relationship. Yeah. So if you've hung the phone up and you've not got, you've made 100 calls, you've made 50 calls, you've got not one appraisal, but you've connected with 10 people and they weren't pissed off and they were called a chat, then that's good. That's great. That's a of victory. You do, and note yeah. it, make a record of it, know what you talk to them about, yeah. schedule the next call, and then when it comes up, you've got something to make that you to start with. So, Well, I think that's, I think that's excellent advice. Anybody listening to this who wants to boost their numbers, you've got to hustle, uh, and you've just heard it from somebody who's doing it and, and doing, doing it very, very well. So, Mark, a special thank you from me and from all of our listeners. You are a busy guy. It's your second appearance appearance here on the show. So just want to say a big thank you and have a wonderful day. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate it, mate. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly sponsored by Locked On, real estate's best software, For show notes from this episode, free downloads, your Locked On Discount for Life link, and Ray's blog, 
head over to topagentsplaybook.com. 